0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. I hope it's a beautiful day. Where you are, it certainly is where I am. Carol, how are you on this Monday morning?
1: Malcolm, I am so good, and I am so happy to see you.
0: Good to see you. And And hear you.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) As I understand it, this will be our last broadcast from our bunkers. We will reemerge the Monday after Labor um, Memorial Day, and we'll be back in the studio with Java and company.
1: Oh, It's going to be so fun. I like the thought of reemerging. It's spring, and all manner of things are reemerging.
0: So today we're going to talk about eggs, but we're going to talk about a lot of other stuff as we understand it. It is National Egg Month, right, Carol?
1: Well, it is, and I just discovered that this morning. I didn't know that when we've been talking about eggs lately, and I decided that Java is a powerful psychic to come up with this topic because he did not know it was National Egg Month. And Java, just to show your superpowers, last Thursday was National Quiche Day. So you've had eggs on the brain. What do you say about that?
2: I guess it was just uh floating around the universe and I and I <laughs> tapped in and I tapped into it.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, regardless of how we came up on it, we will talk later in the show a lot about eggs, but meanwhile, Carol, how was your week? What did you cook? How's it going?
1: Uh, Malcolm, it was not a big cooking week for me. Uh the best the really just the best thing I did was a dish that I found out, found in the New York Times cooking uh, section, and it was a stir-fried black pepper asparagus turmeric chicken. Now, yeah. I'm not sure that I got all the names in the right place. But it was a very simple dish. You cut chicken thighs into bite-sized pieces and, uh, you know, dusted them, tossed them with turmeric and some other spices, mm. and then cut asparagus in bits and pieces and stir-fried uh, the chicken and the asparagus, splashed it with a little sesame oil at the end, and served over rice, and it was delicious. It was so good. I want to do it again this week. Did you shave your asparagus or leave it? Uh, I did not, because the asparagus right now is very tender. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my opinion, doesn't need shaving, just snapped off the ends. And, uh, you know, that doesn't sound like a heavy, a lot of heavy cooking this week. But, you know, this was my class reunion week.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: High school.
0: Sal was in town and y'all went out and made a big splash at the reunion, as I understand it.
1: Well, you know. It's hard to make a splash at this point in life, but I was was preparing.
0: It's more more of a splatter than a splash. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But uh, we did have a good time. And one of the real highlights for me is there are two members in my class from far away who are members of Cooking and Coping. And both people, I've kind of reconnected them with them from many many years ago and one is rusty burwell who's up in virginia and the other one is charlotte duck pelton who is somewhere around palm beach florida and they came to the site you know really in different ways and have been just super posters and yet rusty has quite a following now um he does love a bottle of wine he he pairs wine with all of his meals and people just love to see what he's doing but that was so much fun some of them i hadn't seen in decades so we'll say
0: well that's good it's always good to gather with your people and uh, have a reunion yeah
1: but malcolm i saw on cooking and coping by the way that it's time for blueberries in belhaven so obviously you were at the farmer's market
0: well you know my new year's resolution of two years ago, which got squandered by COVID and also repeated resolution for this year was to grow more of what I eat. Now I planted five blueberry bushes in my yard. The blueberry pie that you saw on cooking and coping was not from my blueberries, but they are coming on. And I hope to soon uh, be able to harvest some of those and, And show them on cooking and coping, but Kara made a delightful pie uh, with the blueberries, uh, and and I was it. it, It's in a big uh, round, shallow pie dish with the crust on the bottom and the blueberry filling on the top, and I was. But it sort of comes off as a cobbler, so I looked it up. figure out what's the difference between a pie and a cobbler, and this is what I discovered. The crust on the pie is at the bottom, whereas the crust for a cobbler is often on the top. So this is technically a pie, but we sort of eat it as a custard. I mean, as a cobbler.
1: As a cobbler. You know, working with blueberries is tricky, and I found this out last year, making blueberry muffins for the first time. And all the blueberries, like, you know, when the muffins came in, I mean, the blueberries were clumped on the bottom. Mm. They didn't look like those blueberry muffins that you buy at wonderful bakeries dispersed Mm. throughout. And many of our cooking and coping friends, you know, taught me some blueberry lessons about rolling the blueberries in flour or maybe, you know, cornstarch, you know, to, to slow their descent so that's a hot tip for you when you start using your blueberries and making blueberry muffins.
0: Yeah, we don't want to descend too early or too late. No, premature.
1: we do not want to, to totally descend.
0: Now, speaking of cooking and coping, uh, we drove up to Greenwood on Friday night and had dinner at Lusco's, uh, Hubert Worley and I. And Leanne Galt, who was in town cooking a class for the Viking Cooking School, came over and joined us. Uh, at Lusco's.
1: Well, that had to be big fun if Leanne was involved.
0: It was great, and not only was she there, but Curtis Wilkie showed up from Oxford.
3: Now wow. Curtis has a
0: new book out uh, about the Klan, and I can't wait for it to to hit the newsstands. But but anyway, uh, we had some great food. Of course, most of us had most of the table had pompano, uh, but Leanne and I went the route of the broiled shrimp. And crab
1: meat. Of course, you have to be different.
0: And it was so good. It was all so good. I tasted, of course, the pompano, but the place was packed. Uh, the food was delicious, uh, and it was great to see an iconic Mississippi Delta restaurant up and running. And we had a nice visit with uh, Karen Pinkston, the, the owner, before we ate, and she was uh, very upbeat but very busy. Uh, because they were slammed with reservations, people coming from Arkansas and Tennessee and all over the place, Memphis. But anyway, so that that was good. One of the uh, desserts on Lusco's menu, which I'd forgotten about, and you know, Carol, Lusco's didn't used to have a menu.
1: Exactly, it was recited orally. Right. I guess but, that's the only way you can recite things is orally. <laughs> hey,
2: well, you um, can sign.
0: sign.
2: Let me jump in here, Carol and Malcolm, because I've never experienced that. How does that work? If you go to a restaurant and they don't have a menu, they just tell you what they got and that's it?
0: They recite it. The, the waiter recites the menu uh, at, like a presentation. And oh, it's okay, like okay.
1: It's kind of like, you know, in the old days, it was kind of a sing song. You know, we've got... Onion rings, fresh fried, and da 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 da. It was okay, kind, like of, a, a, kind
2: like, of a show presentation style, like you said. Yeah,
1: it's like a show. And, and Malcolm, and I know you and Javen are talking about going to Lusco's and interviewing the Pinkstons uh, at some point. So I hope that this trip is just a warm up for our oh, trip. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Uh, place opened in 1933. It was a grocery store before it became a restaurant. The Pinkstons are third generation. Uh, it's a fascinating story, a fascinating restaurant. Uh, the whole story about how the Pompano came to Lusco's and Greenwood and the Delta uh, is is interesting. We also paid a visit to the Alluvian Hotel, sat in the lobby for a while, went down to Turnrow Books, had some coffee, uh, bought some records and browsed some books. And it was nice to see uh, downtown Greenwood thriving. We went by. Uh, the Viking cooking school and just sort of poked in here and poked in there. Uh, Fan and Johnny's, we went by to see Chef Taylor and uh, just to see what she had going on. It's a great, it's a great spot. But since we're going to talk about eggs today, I wanted to touch on another topic of interest to me. And that is on the dessert menu at Lusco's, I was surprised to see flan or flan, however you pronounce it which is an egg custard uh, typically seen in Mexican restaurants. Carol, you're very familiar with it, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, so they have one on their menu, and I did not Didn't expect
1: Didn't know it. that. Didn't know that. Didn't expect it.
0: But I begin to think about what's the difference between a creme brulee, which is very popular and everybody knows about, and what I call a New Orleans cup custard or egg custard. And I sent you a little research I did, Carol.
1: And Malcolm, and, um, you know, sadly, I was still in the throes of the class reunion. It's okay. And, yeah. So I, I know you did that research for us. So, so it's a lot like
0: the cobbler and the, and the pie, where the pie has the crust on the bottom, the cobbler has the crust on the top. The creme brulee has a burned crust on the top. And the New Orleans style cup custard or egg custard has the crust on the bottom, and when it is served, it is flipped over, much like the flan, and and the juices sort of drizzle down over it, and it's presented with the brown top up, and and the sauce all around.
1: How delicious! Mm, well, that's a, that's a new thing for me at Lusco's. You know, back. When we started going to Lusco's, they didn't serve even a vegetable. I mean, it was about the fish and the meat and, and the salad. Uh, oh, the wet salad. Oh, oh yes.
0: With the anchovies.
1: Oh yeah. Look at Java. He is he is so ready to go to Lusco's. I, I know.
2: I, I I like the part that you said they didn't even serve vegetables at the beginning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey. But but you know what? No mac and cheese either, Java.
2: Well, see now this now they were slacking. <laughs>
0: see, because I know you think mac and cheese is a vegetable. <laughs> it goes it goes right there.
2: Squares
1: <laughs> Java, the meal well, up.
0: I, it's a side.
1: Yeah. Well, I have a sad tale to tell you, Java. I, I went to the Flora Butcher and in the case by the cash register, they have a few cold you know takeout items, and I found they had a pan of mac and cheese. And I bought this for you to drop by the station, but I had to refrigerate it, you know, at home till I was coming back to Jackson. Somebody ate it.
2: Somebody somebody.
1: He didn't eat, he didn't <laughs> eat, the, he didn't eat the whole thing, but somebody ate it.
2: Oh man. So I'll be
1: I'll be going to Florida, but I wanted you, I'm going back <laughs> there, but I wanted you to know it, thinking of you.
0: What a sad story when someone tells you that they bought you something to eat, but yet. We could have kept,
2: we, yeah. we could you could have you kept that, Carol. I wouldn't have never, I wouldn't have never known.
1: <laughs> well, just wanted you to know that always thinking of you and the mac and cheese.
2: Oh, it's a thought that counts, a thought that yeah. counts. All
0: right. So last week, we just sort of touched on the topic of eggs and how to cook eggs and what sort of egg dishes people like. And we had a fair response, but we thought we'd dig in a little deeper today and uh, dedicate more of the show. And we'd love to hear from, from our listeners, uh, whether they want to send us an email or call us on the phone. Uh, Or just call Java and tell him what's on your mind, and he'll relay it to us if you don't want to talk to Carol and I live on the radio. But either way, we're going to talk today uh, more about eggs and get your opinion on what makes the perfect scramble. Do you like them poached? Do you like them hard-boiled? Do you like them deviled? Do you like them over light, over easy, or way over yonder? But either way, it's time for our first break. And later in the show, Wren Laster will join us from the Mississippi Egg Marketing Board. But we want to hear from you. Give us a call and tell us what you've been cooking lately, what's going on in your kitchen. And during the break, ponder this question. Is it okay to use a cracked egg? If you get home and you open up your carton of eggs and a few of them are cracked, is it okay to use that? The answer might surprise you. So stay tuned. You're listening to New South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. And Java's mix this morning, as always, glides us into segment after segment after segment with ease and comfort. Carol, we are going to talk a little bit about eggs. Indeed we we are. (laughs) Before we went on break, I posed a question. But before we get to the answer of that question... It's been a very robust time on Cooking and Coping, our Facebook page. We have had a lot of new joiners here in the last two weeks.
1: You know, we, we've we had over 150 or 160 new people join Cooking and Coping, and I think that's so exciting. I mean, we're we're sitting right at 4,000 members, you know, from all over the place, and, and that's just – it's so gratifying – and fun to see what people are doing.
0: It really is, and I enjoy checking in with our uh, our team and our folks and learning all sorts of stuff. I mean, every day I I click on and I learn something that someone else has tried and maybe succeeded in or maybe failed. Either way, it's just a conversation about cooking and what's going on in your kitchen. Uh, And of course, the culture of Southern flavor. So before the break, yes. So before the break, I asked the question, if you get home and you open up your carton of eggs and a couple of them are cracked, is it okay to use them?
1: Well, Malcolm, I will tell you, you never, ever, ever want to purchase eggs that are cracked. Luckily, these days they have redesigned egg packaging and that doesn't happen nearly as much as it used to. But if your eggs crack on the way home, if you have a perfect carton of eggs and one or two crack on the way home, no problem. Just put them in a clean container, cover the container tightly, keep them refrigerated, but use within two days of the crack. Hmm.
3: So okay. there
1: you go. So if, so if you
0: discover they're cracked, go ahead and open them up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Put, put them aside but as you do start. not. But, you know, We really, really have to be careful about salmonella with the eggs and just don't ever use a purchased cracked egg. But uh, I, one thought about cooking and coping and cracked eggs Did you see the post by Lisa Baymiller McDonald? She had had a picture of an egg carton that had six duck eggs and six eggs that, that she was gifted. And she took the duck eggs and made Jacques Pepin's mother's rustic souffle. And it was gorgeous. I can't wait to try it. I'm gonna try it with chicken eggs. But people just do some beautiful stuff.
0: Yeah, I did see that. Uh, I think Leanne Galt had reposted it, and, and I had picked up on it in the second round. But uh, that is right. We, we do have hen eggs. They are the primary source of eggs that we eat. But there are lots of other kinds of eggs, and uh, maybe we'll dig into that a little bit. But before we move forward, we've got a caller on the line. We've got Steve calling in from the Golden Gulf, in Biloxi, Mississippi. Hello, Steve.
4: Hey, how you doing? Good show, guys. Uh, who never knew you could talk so much about eggs?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can do it.
4: <laughs> I, I know. Well, I have. I have two egg tips that has uh, been my experience, and I also. Uh, from uh, cooking for years. One is never, ever crack your egg on the edge of your skillet is one of my right. tips. And the other one is for a perfect over-easy egg, which I just love, medium heat and when you cook it slow and then before you flip the egg, turn the heat off, move it off the pan and let it sit there and uh, I do that because I hate an egg that's all crispy and crunchy on the outside from cooking it too mm-hmm. fast, too hot. And right. then the eggs turn out just perfect. But I, I, I'm i kind of a more protein than a carb guy, and I eat a couple dozen eggs a week, and I, I just love them.
0: Oh, Steve, man,
1: that's great. Your point about taking the pan off, off the flame. Is a really good one. We touched on that a little bit last week. We we had watched some Jacques Pepin videos as well as some like with Julia Child and some other people teaching about omelets and scrambled eggs. And that is one point they they made when it's cooking, don't let it cook too much. You know, take the pan on and off the burner, and you know the eggs keep cooking. You know after you take them off, off the burner. So you don't want to use direct heat the whole time. But, of course, that that was a, a great tip that you shared about that.
4: Well, thank you. So but, Steve, you know, like any of my tips, it's something I learned from somebody else, really. So I'm just passing mm-hmm. on information.
1: A quick
0: question, Steve. Uh, after you've uh, cooked the egg on the one side and you remove it from the heat and you're ready to turn it, do you turn it with a spatula or do you flip it in your skillet?
4: I turn it with a spatula only because I have to clean the stove up if I miss.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, understandable. <laughs> understandable. Well, Steve, thanks a lot for calling and listening to our show. We appreciate those uh, really great tips uh, from Thank Steve. Thank you. And Thank you.
4: Love your show.
1: Thank thanks you. Thanks so much, my man. Hey, keep on cooking. Mal, last week uh, I sent you and Java an article an egg article that just came across my Twitter feed. It was like fifty ways to cook eggs,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and you know there were yeah you fifties know, a lot. But I learned a lot. I learned I learned about some preparations I didn't know. But one of the things that really caught my attention was a hard-boiled egg cooked in the oven, and I just thought that was too weird for words. And? So, so this morning I did it. I put, uh, I got a muffin tin, and just set the eggs in the muffin tin. Turned the stove to three twenty five and cooked them for thirty minutes. Good. And I'm and and when they came out, yeah, I dunked them in ice water, and they were delicious. They were hmm. easy to peel, and absolutely delicious.
0: Great, that's a great tip. Hey, we've got Timothy on the phone from Louisiana. Could it be the Timothy that is my former neighbor? Hello, Timothy.
4: Mister, no, I uh, unless you live in Louisiana, I've never lived in Mississippi. I've been there. Well, I have lived in Louisiana,
0: but uh, I was thinking about a neighbor who used to live in Mississippi. But go ahead. What's on your mind, my man?
4: Um, I'm, uh, I'm from a mixed marriage. My mother's a Yankee. Uh uh She. Yeah, well, she could cook, you know, but one of her, her things was on Saturday night, she would slice up the French bread, put it on a cookie sheet, and put it in the oven, and leave it there overnight. No, Don't no put the heat on just let it dry out in the oven overnight from the final night, you know? And then make French toast with that in the morning, and there's the best way to eat an egg right there, is French toast. Mm. Oh, boy, howdy. Oh, man. man. You know? And also, so, she would poach on Sundays. She would give us poached egg on toast. Okay, and man, I tell you what—that homemade bread with that butter on there and that, that poached egg. Oh, shoot!
0: <laughs> yeah, those are some I'll great, uh, right. some great ideas, uh, Timothy. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, putting the cutting the bread and putting it in the oven the night before to make French toast. Carol never heard that before.
1: Never heard it. And it, it sounds, it sounds absolutely wonderful, but um, Malcolm, how do you feel about a poached egg? Love them. You feel good about them?
0: Very good. Very positive.
1: Well, that's one thing that John does really well. And um, you know, there's several methods for poaching Mm -hmm. and one is stealing
0: your next door neighbor's chickens. (laughs)
1: <laughs> You're exactly right. Well, that would be the third one. Oh, okay. But uh, but uh, John poaches them in you know in the French style where you bring the water almost to the point of boiling or just a little bit boiling and you drop the egg directly in the water. Yes. And then you kind of you know uh, corral the egg with the spoon, just you know a little swirl, trying to get it to stick together. Mm. And then, you know, just you get it out with a slotted spoon, put it into ice cold water. And, you know, that's one method. And then, you know, the egg cup is another method that's really popular, you know, an egg poaching pan where you have a little cup over water that that poaches the egg. So however you like to do it.
0: Yeah. I don't don't prepare them often. My favorite weekend preparation of the egg is the French omelet. Uh, And the only tip I offer on that is I add a a little splash of water into the eggs as I am scrambling them. And then I pour them into a hot skillet where the butter has already begun to bubble. And I slowly pull the egg toward the center, moving the uncooked part into the space that I leave uh, open after I pull the, the the cooked part in, and it makes this beautiful waved omelet. So, that's that's generally what I do. I do like scrambled eggs, but I hate them when they've been beaten to death. I hate a scrambled egg that is cooked while it's scrambling.
1: Yeah, no, uh, we don't I like, like to,
0: that. I like to scramble it, put it in there, and then cook it gently. Turn it over if you want to, but not continue. Uh, to whip it while it's uh, in the heat. Bill is calling from Greenwood. And, Bill, I was in your town on Friday. What's going on up there in the Delta? Oh, not too much. Uh, I got a question
5: and a comment uh, about the uh, people eating your stuff. My, I ha- I got a good deal on some ice cream. got several half gallons. And then I went home and my freezer had gone out, so I took it to my neighbor. And she said, yeah, I'll put it in there and put the name on it. Went back to get it, and uh, they said, it sure was good ice cream. Was that yours? I said, yes. You didn't save me none? No. <laughs> 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 I was <putting> some... <laughs> yeah,
4: and that I And then I can't get
5: the ice cream no more. It was just some kind of they had in there, special blue bell. But uh. Uh, when I was a little boy, um, even in the grocery stores, they didn't refrigerate eggs. They just had a big pile of them sitting out on the floor. And, and uh, even, uh, you know, one store had the, little thing where the, it, it's supposed to be refrigerated, but they didn't have anything refrigerated. So, you know, in England, they don't refrigerate eggs, but we're supposed to do that, right? Refrigerate eggs? You can't let them sit out no more than a day or so? Or,
1: well, what, I mean, what, it's recommended that you keep eggs in the refrigerator all the time. And, you know, what I'm thinking is places where you get fresh eggs, where the chickens have just laid the eggs that morning and they're you know, selling the eggs that day that's fine but it is strongly recommended to keep eggs in the refrigerator
0: and we have yeah, an well, egg expert coming on in the next segment of the yeah. show uh and we'll we'll ask ren what her take is on the reason that eggs are refrigerated and perhaps they were not in the past but we can Well,
1: and and another thing, Bill, they even recommend that you do not put the eggs on the door of the refrigerator. A lot of refrigerators have those little places for eggs because the temperature varies so much with the opening and closing. So if you really want to practice good egg safety, you'll keep them in the refrigerator.
4: Because you wash the
5: eggs. And when you wash the eggs uh, at the uh, place, the plant, you know, you can't keep them out no more. I don't know if that's true either.
1: Well, that may be true, and we'll we'll be sure and ask Ren about that.
0: Hey, Bill, thanks a lot for listening. Always appreciate your calling uh, from Greenwood. It's good to hear from you. We're going to take a little break right now and when we come back, we will welcome and talk to Ren Laster from the Mississippi Egg Marketing Board, and she will uh, talk to us about. Some of these questions that we've gotten and the work that they do there at the marketing board. Who knew eggs needed their own public relations team? But in Mississippi, they have it. All right. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. And this show is the show all about the the culture of Southern flavor. And we also like to talk about things like eggs. So now we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the extraordinary potential conversation (laughs) (laughs) with Wren Laster of the Mississippi Egg Marketing Board, who is also the Director of Food Safety and Animal Welfare at Cal Maine Foods Incorporated.
3: Welcome, Wren. Hey, thank you, Malcolm. Good morning. Good morning, Carol.
1: Good morning, Wren. And I'll add to Malcolm's: you are an exceptional person. There, ah. you go. there you go, Malcolm.
0: Thank you, but not <laughs> but not an egghead.
3: No, <laughs> no, hopefully not.
0: <laughs> so, talk to us a little bit about the work that that you do at the Mississippi Egg Marketing Board, and then talk a little bit uh, about the food safety and animal welfare work you do for CalMaine Foods.
3: Okay. So the A marketing board is comprised of our commissioner of agriculture. It's all kind of done through the Department of Ag and Commerce. And then we have members who come from industry. Of course, Cal Maine is a member. We are um, the largest, actually the largest marketer and producer of shell eggs in the United States. And then people from allied industries like our carton manufacturers and, and people like that. And we get a lot of uh, support through the American Egg Board and we try to promote eggs. We have a big, huge program for eggs in schools for elementary kids to learn about eggs. We have a big coloring contest every year. Sponsor a lot of stuff at the ag museum, and we try to get get the news out there about eggs and how beneficial they are health wise uh, to the to the general public. Because a lot of people don't really understand, um, you know, you it's just the perfect food in the perfect little package. And <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, we try to get the Try to promote that, and uh, here at Cal Maine, I do a lot of things with uh food safety and animal welfare. We uh participate in a program called Safe Quality Food, uh, which is an annual audit. That we go through it's part of a global food safety initiative i know being in the restaurant business you know all about that yes, and, uh, it, do. yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh kind of like iso for food and uh, <laughs> but it's been it's been great for us we've been we've been doing that for about 11 years now And uh, animal welfare wise, we are, uh, of course, try to stay up to date on all the latest scientific research and uh, make sure that we are taking care of our birds the way they need to be taken care of. uh, Because obviously they're not going to lay eggs if we don't if we don't take care of them.
0: Right. Well, uh, a previous caller before you got on uh, the show had asked the question about refrigerating eggs. He said that when he Mm -hmm. was a child, he would go to the grocery store and the eggs were just out. They were not refrigerated, and now, of course, we, you know, everybody recommends that you, you buy them refrigerated and you keep them refrigerated. And he was curious about what changed. Is it the washing of the eggs, in the processing uh, part of uh, of their of their handling, or is there some other reason?
3: Well, it could have been. Actually, we do have an FDA regulation that came into play in 2010 that is a very strict requirement for temperatures. Uh, So there's that. But now eggs, uh, when we process them, we do wash them. And so that removes the cuticle. And so, it, um, if you find eggs that aren't refrigerated, more than likely they still they have not been washed like that, and they still have the cuticle. Um, so it just depends on how they were processed. I mean, mm-hmm. we wash them here in the United States, and a lot of European countries they don't they don't have a regulation for washing. Right. But he, we do he, do that here.
0: Great. Well, he had pointed out that in other countries, he he thought this right. Still. That's
3: interesting. And, Carol, another reason for no, no more little slots for eggs on the refrigerator door is because eggs will absorb odors like crazy. Great tip. So yeah, that's, a, we
1: that's great We want to definitely
3: know. keep them in the refrigerator, in the carton, so that they are not exposed to all that, because they will... If you put eggs in a refrigerator next to bananas or onions or anything that, that ripen, they're going to emit a gas, and the eggs are going to pick that up, and it, it, it'll make them taste like all kinds of crazy stuff.
1: Okay, huh. well, we don't want that in our eggs. And no, uh, no definitely another, not. another question that has come up is about, you know, people will float an egg in water to see mm. if it's... Uh, if it's still good. Do you have any comment about that that
3: Okay, so eggs are put into the carton with the the large end up and that large end has in it an air cell and that air cell gets larger as the egg gets older. So if it's really, really old, it's probably gonna float more because it's just old it's got a bigger air cell in the top of it that's causing that but you know if you look on your carton when you buy it it's going to say a or double a or whatever that has to do with the size of the air cell and so if you um and really the expiration date on the eggs has a lot to do with the quality of it and that has to do with the air cell too for example if you're making a meringue or uh or cooking with your eggs baking a cake If they're older and that air cell's bigger, that yolk's going to be runnier. It's just just what happens as the egg gets older. Hmm. And refrigerating helps with that, but it is going to age and that air cell's going to get bigger. So if you're trying to make a meringue or bake a cake or do something like that, it's not going to be as fluffy and it's not going to work out quite as well if it's an older egg. Wow,
1: Wow, that's okay. I mean, I've got all sorts of questions. I'm so excited to, <laughs> to have this opportunity. Okay, what about the colors of eggs? You see eggs at the grocery store, some are brown, some are white. At mm-hmm. the farmer's market, I see blue. Uh, what What is the difference in those? What's the difference? Any-
3: it's just the breed of chicken. So the actual the color of the earlobe of the chicken is what determines the shell color, and so um, you know it just depends on on what breed of hen laid that laid that egg. Um, you know, at Calmain we offer the consumer a choice between conventional eggs and cage free and. You know, just any kind of combination you can put together, we've got it, um, and we'll sell it. But um, we've got birds in 15 different states, and and we operate in in more states than that, but... um, we feel like consumers ought to have a choice. But the, the different shell colors, nutritionally, there's not really any difference unless you look at the carton and it makes a nutritional claim, like Eggland's Best has a higher level of certain omega fatty acids and vitamin D and things like that. And we, we do that through what we feed the chickens. That feed, obviously, is going to cost a little bit more. That's why Eggland's Best eggs cost a little bit more. But they do have added uh, nutrients to the eggs. Thank you.
0: Well, mm-hmm. do, you, do you deal... I think the answer is no. Do you deal exclusively in hen eggs, or do you also deal in duck eggs, goose eggs, and quail eggs, and other types of, of eggs?
3: No, just, just laying hens.
0: Okay. So so, so the, the egg board in Cal Maine doesn't deal. Uh,
3: oh, no. The, no, The Mississippi, I'm sorry. I thought I was in Cal Maine mode. Um, <laughs> Cal, Cal Maine, we know. And I have to switch gears. Um, at the egg marketing board we have, you know, um, the commissioner has a great program called Genuine Mississippi. And if you look on the website, uh, and or you can just go Google Genuine Mississippi, I think they have several people in there who are um, who have that kind of thing and uh, have different types of, of avian species that they, they sell eggs for. Hmm.
0: I see the quail eggs often in mm-hmm. convenience stores, you know, pickled or deviled or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. And I often wonder if they're quote-unquote governed or if this is just sort of a local thing, like somebody just brings it in. Like they would at a flea market or a farmer market.
3: Yeah, right. I'm not really sure unless it has a an official like the P with the number after it. It's not like a an official establishment as far as USDA is concerned. Gotcha.
0: Well, what about uh, eggs being local in Mississippi? We raise a lot of chickens, and I assume we raise a lot of eggs. Or I don't guess you raise mm-hmm. eggs. You what do you what do you call it? What's the term for eggs? Collect. <laughs> We do.
3: We We collect a lot of a lot of eggs uh, in Mississippi. We have a a farm here in Mississippi. And then, uh, you know, we've got farms in 15 other states. So um, we're always moving eggs and selling eggs and doing what we can to promote eggs.
0: But you would say a majority of the eggs that we buy in Jackson or in Mississippi are mostly uh, raised that chickens or hens are raised locally and the eggs are harvested locally?
3: Um, it would depend. You know, every customer we have has a different distribution system. But if you go to Google, I mean, I think you can just type in where do my eggs come from, I believe. And it'll take you to exactly where uh, you can type all that in. But on the short end of your carton, there's a, a capital P with some numbers after it, and you can actually go type that in and find out where your eggs came from. Huh, that's a nice tip. Well,
1: I want to know where mm-hmm. my eggs came from. <laughs> I, that's I can hardly wait to <laughs> do that.
0: But, some um, people, some people say eggs come from the Waffle House. Not me.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, you touched um, the Eggland's Best and the feed that the the chickens get, and. Uh, I know that there's so many health benefits to eggs, and what are they? You you said that they were one of the healthiest foods in the kitchen, so they give us are a rundown.
3: <laughs> just in general, you know, you've got six grams of protein for every large egg, and at the most, you know, you're going to be paying about fifteen cents each. So, I mean, when you talk about value, it's just a huge value um and we love to see people making omelets for dinner you know and get your kids in the kitchen get them involved that was the first thing I ever learned how to cook was scrambled eggs um and Malcolm I probably did cook them entirely too long and I probably did beat them (laughs) to death but I had a great time and I learned how learned how to do it you know the the more you uh the more you cook the more you learn that that maybe stirring it too much is not a good thing but um you know, it's got a large egg is going to have 13 essential vitamins and minerals. It's high quality protein. Eggs are one of the only foods that naturally contain vitamin D, which not a lot of people know, and a lot of people are vitamin D deficient, maybe in one of them, uh, and so it's it's something that you really have to watch, but. um you know, it's just a nutrient dense food, and it's very affordable. And that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things that we like to talk about too. Is that you know you can feed your whole family an omelet at night for not a whole lot of money. And so, um, and that's important to, to a lot of us. So um, I think that as far as what you get for your money and the nutrients that are available in that in in eggs themselves, I think that it's a it's just a great value.
1: Yeah, yeah, you mentioned.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead, Carol.
1: Well, uh, you know, I was thinking so many of our listeners and cooking and coping members are really super good cooks. So not only are you scrambling eggs, but in cooking, eggs have so much, you know, so much value. I mean, you emulsify them into sauces like hollandaise sauce. You know, you do egg glazes on top of pastry to make them brown on top. They are, uh, you know, eggs are a binder, like hamburger meat, and you're making hamburgers and you mush up an egg in your hamburger meat, and yeah, you know, they thicken things. They're used in the kitchen to thicken things, um, you know, with, with other liquids like milk for the, for the custards we we're talking about and pastries and mm-hmm. cream. So not just so we eat them by themselves, but they're one of the key ingredients that we use in our cooking.
3: In a lot of different things, that's yeah. for sure. And I love them
0: uh, in meringue. There would be no meringue without the incredible edible egg. That's right. <clears throat> All right, we got a caller from Oxford. Mary is on the phone. Mary, what's going on? You, what's going on in your kitchen?
6: Oh uh, well, I have a question about the color of the yolks. You were speaking of the color of the shells, and my son-in-law has. Um, green eggs <laughs> wow. so they have green eggs and ham sometimes but anyway um <laughs> of course they do um, <laughs> I, I noticed that often I get supermarket eggs which are very pale yellow and uh, my son-in-law's eggs are quite almost orange mm. and I was wondering uh, if there's any nutritional differences
3: No, there's not any nutritional difference. It's just the matter of um, what the bird's being fed. Uh, If he's getting feed from, uh, like, just a feed store or something like that, it may have a little bit more of something in it or something like that. And some bird, uh, some birds will just are genetically different, and the yolks that they have in their eggs will just be a little bit more orange. Well, his are free
6: range. I was wondering if they're eating bugs had
3: any uh, anything to do with the color? Uh, no, ma'am, usually not. It's just going to be, um, just, it could just be the difference in the breed of the bird. But mm-hmm. uh-huh. so you okay. don't think
0: diet influences, well, you say it does influence the color. It
3: does influence <laughs> it to a point, but, but yolks are just generally going to be nutritionally, unless there is that claim that, you know, it's a nutrient-added product, the nutrients in the yolk are gonna be the same and, and they can range in color quite a bit.
6: Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. But they're certainly prettier if they're orange <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Well, you know, they make
0: they make for a very colorful presentation and a lot of that's important when when we cook, if if we're interested in a certain kind of presentation. You know, if you have a, a more colorful egg yolk, you may get a more colorful uh, product you know you mentioned omelets for dinner I just wanted to say this you know when I was a kid there would be this very special occasion occasionally at our table and that was breakfast for dinner or breakfast oh, for and yeah. I loved that yeah I used yeah, to that, do that
1: when I was a kid too. Too. but you know uh, yeah the French are so famous for their egg dishes and for their omelets but Eggs are not a breakfast food in France. I mean, it's a you know a lunch food or a or a dinner food, but not a breakfast food.
3: Hmm. 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 I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that's
0: something you can market. They're not just for breakfast anymore, or is that somebody? Uh, I think
3: around? we've done that, <laughs> but it's still true. It's definitely still true.
1: Uh, On our cooking and coping Facebook page, which I really hope you'll look at, Ren, one of the Mm -hmm. most popular egg items, and this week there were a bunch of them, are frittatas. Lots of people like to do frittatas, especially for Sunday night dinner, Mm. which, you know, it's and, and in cast iron skillets, which look really beautiful, but it's scrambling right. eggs with everything that you have in the refrigerator, bits and pieces of ham and mushrooms, wherever you want to put and baked in the oven. It's just a beautiful presentation. It you know, cuts like a pie.
3: It does. And if you'll uh, on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, we did Mississippi egg marketing board does post a lot of recipes and on Instagram as well. I think, um, we have uh, recipes, and we usually post about one a day, I think. But oh, there are um, some really, really great recipes that we post on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter.
0: Well, do you have a favorite egg dish or a favorite egg recipe that you enjoy, Ren?
3: Mm-hmm. Probably or you, you know, or when
0: you omelets. go home,
3: do you not even want to see an egg? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, well, like Carol said, we use them for just about everything. So uh, whether I want to deal with them or not, I'm going to when I get home if I'm cooking dinner most of the time. But I think omelets, you know, just having – I have two daughters, and when they're growing up, just getting in the kitchen and everybody getting out what they want to put in it and just kind of hanging out and, and cooking omelets, that's probably one of my favorite, favorite mm-hmm. things to do. You have and a I good... do like to make meringue, too.
0: I was going to, do you have a deviled (laughs) egg recipe that you like? You You know,
3: I have my grandmother's and I still have her deviled egg plate uh, that I use that I love. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I do. I make those on occasion and love them. And actually, if you're going to do boiled eggs, if you want to look for some that are are a little bit older, not quite so fresh, and they'll peel a little bit easier as well. Ah, you know, we see a
0: lot of people talking about tips on peeling. Maybe it's just the age of the egg.
1: Well, you know, some of the tips on peeling are putting either uh baking soda in the water or vinegar in the water or salt to help you know to help with the peeling.
3: Right, I've seen some of that too. Uh it just has to do with the the freshness of it. Um if you'll get some that are a little bit older, it'll it'll they'll peel a little bit easier. But a lot of people too, and Carol, you might want to talk about this too about the proper way to boil eggs. People think, like Malcolm said, when you're scrambling them that you just scramble the, you know, scramble them to death. But uh, and people think the same thing with boiling, but it's not not that's true. Not the proper way to do it. And
1: the proper way to do it is to put the eggs in the pan, put cold water about an inch or inch and a half of cold water, bring the eggs to a boil, to a rolling boil. And as soon as that happens, turn off the heat, put a lid on it and let them sit. And and you sit, uh, let them sit three minutes for soft, about six minutes for medium and 12 minutes for hard. And then plunge them into ice water, throw a few ice cubes in a bowl of water and and stop the cooking. But just remember, you know, 3, 6, and 12, and don't boil them to death. Bring the water to the boil, but don't keep boiling the eggs for 12 minutes.
3: Right, because that's going to make them harder to peel too if you just boil them and keep boiling them and keep boiling them. So.
1: Yeah, and also if you cool them, the more you cool them, the easier they are to peel. Right.
0: Wren, we sure do appreciate think- you joining us today. And uh, we're going to have you back because we could talk endlessly. About <laughs> egg, you well, that tell. sounds like fun. But we appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with us. Uh, that's Ren Lassiter with the uh, Mississippi Egg Marketing Board, as well as the Director of Food Safety and Animal Welfare at Cal Maine Foods. Thanks, Ren. Thank you. All right. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Our show was produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett, and for Ren Laster, I'm Malcolm White. So please stay tuned now for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remedy at 11. Join us each and every Monday right here for more Deep South Dining heard only on MPB Think Radio.
3: Thank you.